Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. We pick back up with our verse-by-verse study of the Gospel of John in chapter 6 today. John chapter 6, starting in verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said to them to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, Well, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus said, This is of a truth, that prophet should come into the world. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for all that are listening. Help us to understand your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. So this miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, this is the only miracle performed by Jesus that is recorded in all four Gospels. It is one of the most spiritually significant miracles ever in the life of Jesus. Beginning with this story, chapter 6 of John presents Jesus as the bread of life. He is our substance, our fuel. He is that which energizes and satisfies us. Without Jesus, we are spiritually weak, lame, dying. But when we accept Christ as Savior and Lord, when we make him the one who we look to for sustenance, we find that he is the only one who can feed us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So we look at our story, and Jesus has gone over to see the Galilee. There's this multitude following him, and he goes up to a mountain, he sits down with his disciples, and the Passover is upon them, and, and he looks at this great company, and he turns to Philip, knowing full well what he was going to say and what he was going to do. He said, how are we going to buy bread for these guys? How are we going to buy bread for all these men and women? There's 5,000 men. There's Women and children with them. There might be as many as 20,000 people here. Philip, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Here's the master saying to the servant, how are we going to do this? And verse 6 says, he did this to prove Philip, to, to show Philip his power, because he knew himself what he was going to do. Now, when we pick up this story, 
We're as many as 12 months later since the end of chapter 5. Between the healing of the man at Bethesda and the sermon that followed and the events in chapter 6, we look at the other Gospels and we see Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount, giving many of his parables on the kingdom, uh, stilling a storm, healing a man of many demons, going into his hometown in Nazareth and being rejected, And now we find him in Galilee. It could be as much as 12 months later, since the end of chapter 5. And Jesus is trying to get away for a time of rest. You see that throughout the Gospels. Jesus ministering for very intense periods of time and then getting away and resting. And taking some time and relaxing and resting his body and recharging his spirit. We need to do the same thing. We can't just constantly be going. We've got to take time to, to rest. He gave us the example. And folks are following Jesus because they saw what he did for others. They're following Jesus out of selfishness. They're hoping and praying that Jesus will do for them what he's done for others. They're not following him for who he is. And a lot of the people that Jesus feeds right now, a lot of the people that are following Jesus all through the countryside, by the end of chapter 6 are going to leave him forever and never come back. Jesus is going to have the biggest church split, the first church split ever. And all he's going to be left with is pretty much his original 12 disciples. Just about everybody's going to walk away because his words are too piercing. He says the truth and he does not mix it with touchy-feely stuff. He just says exactly what needs to be said. And people get offended by that. Like we said last week, people are offended by the truth. And so Jesus looks on this crowd and his compassion boils up inside of him. And the fact is, is he is always looking for a way to help people. He was looking for a way to help this crowd, and he's always looking for a way to help you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And so Jesus looks for something to do for these people, and so he turns to Philip. He turns to his disciples, and it says in verse 6, he already knew what he was going to do, but he's He poses a question to them, and he's always doing this. He's always questioning us in this way because he's he's sending these questions into our lives to see if we'll have the faith to believe him, that he can provide, no, that he will provide. A good friend of mine says that faith is not believing God can. Faith is believing God will. Verse 7, Philip answers, We got 200 penny worth. That 200 penny worth of bread, that's, you know, that's not sufficient for all these people. That I mean, we couldn't even give every one of them just a little bit if we, if we bought bread with just the money we have. And then verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says, Well, here's a little boy. There's a lad here. He has five barley loaves and two small fish. I mean, what's that with so many? I mean, we got a couple, we got some, some loaves of bread and some fish. That's not enough for all these folks. Verse 10, Jesus said, Make the men sit down. There was a lot of grass in this place, so all the men sat down. They were going to have a picnic. About 5,000 men and then all their, the wives and the children with them. And Jesus took the loaves, verse 11. When he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples of them that were set down, and likewise the fish as much as they would. So the problem was we got all these people, and we need to feed them. Here's the prescription. Jesus. What's in the treasury, Philip? What do we got? Philip, how are we, how are we going to feed these folks? And so Philip consults with the treasurer, who is Judas. John chapter 12, verse 6 tells us that Judas held the bag, and he was a thief. We know that Judas later on would betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. 
And the Judah says, well, we have 200 days wages. A penny worth is about a day's wage. We have about 200 days wages. We've got uh, nine months, 10 months worth of well, wages for one person. That's it. That's all we got. Hmm. We got 200 days worth of wages. We can buy bread for one person for about nine months. That's not enough to feed all these folks. You ever get to the point where no matter what you have, it never seems to be enough? Now, remember that Jesus said this so that he could prove Philip. See, there are a lot of times as a Christian when God will send a question into your life to see if you'll react in faith or disbelief. You see, we don't have enough money to buy bread, but we have Jesus with us. So, you know, you can't always look at things from a physical standpoint. You can't always look at things realistically. We, we don't serve a natural God. We serve a supernatural God who's above nature. He created nature, and he can do anything he wants. And so sometimes we, we look at our checkbook and go, I can't make it. We, we look at our, we look at our, our, our uh, weekly pay stub and, and we go, no, there's no way I'm going to be able to live on this. We look at our house and the repairs that we need and the cars and the gas and all the things that we have to buy. And we go, there's just no way we can do this. And yet we serve a God who can do anything. Philip, what do we got? What do we got, Judas? Well, this is all we got, Jesus. And here comes Andrew. Andrew comes stepping in with this shaky little proposition. <laughs> Andrew, Simon's brother, Peter's brother, says, well, I got this little boy here. He's got five loaves of bread and two little fish. You know, when you look at Scripture, when you read the Gospels, you see Andrew always bringing people to Jesus. In John chapter 1, he brings Peter, his brother, to Jesus. In John chapter 12, he tells Jesus some Greeks who were seeking after him and gets a meeting with them. Here, he's bringing a little boy to Jesus. He's always bringing people to Jesus. Good example for us, huh? And you know, people read this story and they look at Andrew's proposition, and sometimes they pity him as if, you know, his doubt were so unspiritual. Oh, what is this with, what, I mean, what's the five loaves of bread and two fish among all these people? And some folks give, give Andrew a hard time because he had so little faith. But I got news for you. Andrew brought something. He brought something. He didn't just sit there and go, well, we don't have anything. He brought something. He said, okay, Lord, well, this doesn't seem like a lot to me, but you're Jesus, and you can do anything. And So I'll bring this to you, and maybe you can do something with it. Is this something the Lord can use? Am I able to bring my little insignificant self to him and him use it? Listen, if you haven't learned to trust in God's provision, you need to get that settled today. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your care upon him because he careth for you. Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden light. So Jesus has an idea. He has the best idea. These loaves, these loaves are very small loaves of bread. They're about the size of a small pita. A, a loaf of pita bread or a large biscuit they're they're not really what we would think it's not a it's not a, a loaf of wonder bread these are very small loaves and the fish are probably just as small they're called very small just little fishes two small fishes right and jesus says oh this is enough ah yeah it's good everybody sit down rest expect something to happen 
And you know what? He calls for us to do the exact same thing. He calls for us to sit down, rest, and expect him to do something in our lives. 20,000 people on this hillside. According to Mark chapter 6, verse 41, Jesus broke the bread, which is a symbol of the fact that he was giving thanks. He broke the bread, just as the Jews would do at Passover. He broke the bread, which would eventually... At the Last Supper, he would take that same loaf of bread, he would break it and use it to symbolize his body being broken for him, symbolizing the fact that his death was for all, so that all could have fellowship with him. Here's the problem, though. Not everybody has fellowship with Jesus. Though he died for everybody, you have to sit at his table and eat. You can't just you can't stay outside the the banquet hall. You can't you can't ever go you can't ever go anywhere near him and, and say, well, he died for me, so that's good enough. I'm good. No, you got a fellowship. There's fellowship around the table. That's why we take the Lord's supper because there's fellowship there. So he broke the bread. He's giving the gospel. I mean, this he's he's saying this is my body. This is I'm I'm showing you what's going to come. And this miracle, this miracle of multiplication. The disciples broke off pieces to give to each man. And when they went back to break off for the next man, there was just as much bread there for the next man. And God does these impossible things in our lives. He multiplies what we have. And He makes it meet our needs. Not only does He meet our needs, but He meets the desires of our heart. It says that each man was, was able to take as much as he would. They, they got as much as they wanted. It wasn't like, here, this is a little bit. Here, you get this little, you get half a loaf here. You get, you get, you get, you know, one little fillet off this fish, and that's all you got. Every man got to eat as much as he wanted. Verse 12, when they were filled, when they were filled, Jesus said, gather up the fragments. God doesn't just want to meet our needs. He wants to meet our desires. Psalm 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And so when they were filled, Jesus said, gather up the fragments so nothing's lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle, Jesus said, this is the truth. That prophet, that prophet Moses talked about, he's coming to the world. And so they were filled. So we had a problem, right? All these men needed to eat. The women needed to eat. Their children needed to eat. We had a prescription by Jesus. Here, this is what we're going to do. And now the provision. They were filled. Underline that word in your Bible sometime. Up in chapter 6, verse 12. They were filled. Jesus Christ is not in the business of keeping you down, pushing you around, or laying a guilt trip after guilt trip on you. He wants you to learn to trust Him with all that you have. Do you have a need in your life? I'm sure you do. We all have a need. Then the practical lesson of this story is clear. Give all that you have to Jesus. Sit down and let him do the rest. This little boy, he had to let go of his lunch. Andrew, he had to let go of his doubt. Philip and Judas had to let go of their materialistic outlook. What is it that you're going to have to let go of in order for Jesus to do a miracle in your life? Again, Jesus is not trying to keep you down. He's not trying to push you around. He's not trying to lay a guilt trip on you. He's trying to get you to trust him with all that you have. You might not have much. That's okay. 
Some of the richest people in the world don't have much. Jesus says, gather up. <laughs> They're filled. Now gather up the fragments that nothing's lost. When I see this, I, I realize this. Jesus does not just provide for us today, but for every day. You know, when the Jews were in, in the wilderness for 40 years, they were, they were supposed to gather the manna up every morning. The manna dropped from heaven. These little white loaves of bread that God dropped from heaven every night while they slept. And they were to get up in the morning and gather up one day's worth each week, each day, except for the day before the Sabbath. day before the Sabbath, they were to gather up twice as much. Then they'd have enough for the Sabbath so they didn't have to work on the Sabbath gathering up the manna. But some Jews were a little greedy, so they would gather up a little more than they needed. And when they ate the bread that they gathered that was more than they needed, it rotted in their mouth. Because they didn't trust God that what he did today, he would do tomorrow. And that's where we're at a lot of times. Well, God did this for me uh, two years ago, but I don't think he'll do it for me today. Why not? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So gather up. Gather up so there's no loss. Each of the apostles, 12 baskets. Each of the apostles had a basket of bread to carry with them. They had enough for several more days. Jesus fed the crowd and then he had enough to keep his men fed for a few days after that. Why? Because he's not interested in seeing anything lost. We, we had a miracle here, boys. We, we, we fed, we fed 20,000 people with a few loaves of bread and a few fish. Let's not let all that blessing lay their waste. Let's pick it up and let's keep it for another day. And we'll keep eating it. Jesus is not interested in seeing anything lost, especially not you. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Romans 5.8 says, God commends his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's not interested in seeing anything lost, especially not you, if you are listening to this today and you do not have a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you need one. Because that's the only way to get in heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the only way. And the only way you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is to be born again. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, If thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's a matter of belief. It's a matter of appropriation. It's a matter of surrender. God loves us so much that while we were still sinners, He didn't wait for us to get better. A lot of people say, I'll go to church when I get better. You're not going to get better. Church is not filled with good people. Church is filled with hypocrites. You know that. That's what everybody says about church, right? And it's the truth because the church is filled with sinners saved by grace who are still in their flesh until they go to heaven. And so they still fall. They still make mistakes. But they're redeemed. And then they, when they die, they know they have heaven as their eternal home if they're saved. Now, there's a lot of folks in church that don't know they're saved. There's a lot of folks in church that are completely unregenerate. And they're doing things, they're, they're serving, they're giving, they're doing all kinds of works to try to make God happy with them. i got news for you, you'll never make God happy with you. The only way to make God happy with you is to accept the sacrificial death 
and the blood atonement of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So will you trust Jesus today? Listen, if you've never called on him, do it now. He will be the bread in your life to sustain you through the hungers that's going to come. If you're a Christian, make today the day you finally trust him completely for your daily bread. He told us when we pray, pray, give us this day our daily bread. And he didn't say use those words. He just said, this is how you should pray. Don't pray for enough bread for 20 years. Pray for the bread for today. Christian, make today the day you start trusting him for your daily bread. Putting him and his kingdom first and believing that he can and will provide for you. Thank you for listening today. God bless each and every one of you. Until next time, I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.